Good day of the week, listeners. It's your boy, Crispy, and you are tuned in to Final Thoughts Media Podcast Edition. So open your ears and have a great day on purpose. What's up, everybody? We are back with another weekend. Oh my goodness, the past couple days have been crazy. First off, gas too expensive. I'm just gonna say that now. Gas is way too expensive. I'm spending three dollars. I'm spending forty dollars on a tank of gas, and you know how much I got out of it? Less than a week. I don't go anywhere, but it can't even fill up my tank. So it's kind of like, huh, man, forty dollars. Remember back in 2005, $40 could get you a full tank plus a soda. No, no, not anymore. That's the whole thing. Then we've got stamps. Stamps are too expensive. I sound like an old man, but whatever. I bought a book of stamps. I'm like, hang on. Why are books of stamps costing like $12? I remember back when I first bought stamps, this thing used to be like what? Six, $7 for a book of stamps. And it was a lot more than what a book of stamps was. Wait, that's crazy. Let's see. What else? What else is different today? Um, I went out and got some shirts and stuff. And, you know, when something says like 60% off, you know, you, do, you get out your little calculator. You do the math and everything. And you kind of like, I this should round up to about this. And then they like, they like, oh, no, this is not how that is. You have to pay this. And I'm like, "Hmm." all right, whatever. I need the stuff anyways. Let's see what else happened. Um, I cooked this weekend, so that was fun. Got some fried chicken up. I should have taken a picture. You guys would have loved it, man. Uh, Other than that, what else happened? Not really much. Not really much. Um, Like I said, that was pretty much the longest weekend I've had yet. I really hate this, but unfortunately, my computer decided to say, hey, screw your mic. We're not going to use it anymore. I don't know why, but hey, it happens. So we're going to be recording off of this new recorder app, which honestly, if it's pretty good and it transcribes better, not even better, if it transcribes at all, then I can use this for YouTube, which will make this a lot easier. All right, so let's get back to it. Um... This week, I saw the Clifford trailer, and I don't know if you noticed, but I'm in that type of, like, young millennial, old millennial, whatever you want to call it, and yeah, I grew up on Clifford, so for this, it's like a in the face, just a big slap in the face, like, this is, this is awful. Already, I feel like they're just tearing apart what would have or could have been something great. Alright. You guys are hearing stuff in the background and everything. I apologize. Like, everything's been really wonky recently. And now I'm having to use the recorder app, like I said, with the mic and the computer's not working properly and everything else. So, I'm still trying to get this episode out to you guys. 
I apologize, but I'm going to do as much editing as I can. You know, I'm going to make it look, you know, just how I would any other time. But unfortunately, I it does sound different because it's real choppy because I'm doing this in like a three-day increment at this point. I'm late as I'll get out, but doing all I can. And there goes the AC. All right, well... Regardless, I just want to let you know that's how it is. I'm going to try and record again tonight whenever I have time and also whenever everything's kind of slowed down so I'm not getting a bunch of background noise. But I just want to let you guys know if you hear a different tone or you hear some stuff in the background that you don't normally hear, things like that, that's why. All right. Okay, so as you can see, now I am finally in a better place. Everything should be turned off except for maybe the computer and the fan so everything should be well i am finally recording and everything is good okay so back to the action now the next thing i wanted to talk about was the new trailer for black sands that just came out i don't know if you guys noticed but man that thing looks amazing i'm sorry if i sound tired you guys like honestly it has been a day and a half Having to deal with work and there are so many people and so little workers. Like, honestly, you guys, one, I want to say something. If you have a significant other that is in the industry of culinary or service or anything, know this. Know that they're working very hard and that we're all suffering out here with, you know, not a lot of people to work. So, you know, we're short staffed. And... That means that sometimes you won't get off at a good time. Like, give your significant other a break. Because they're working just as hard as you, even if you have a job that you can get off at like 5 or 3 or whatever. They're working just as hard. And their job requires them to be there because right now we're kind of suffering, alright? So, cut them some slack. Either way, something else. People that go to service places, such as restaurants and tire shops and you know things like that people places where people serve you don't be a dick like come on y'all obviously we're all short-staffed out here you understand this you see this so why are you being a dick about it saying oh my food's this or i didn't get this or shut up you pretentious asshole shut up so sick of people either way Besides that, and just just going through just going through the motions here, so I'm kind of tired. I just got off work, just got done with the gym, working out, trying to get these guns pumped up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Clifford sucks. Black Sands can't wait. I want. I'm gonna put the um, link in my description down here, and we're gonna get started with episode five. So, like I said, this week we're reviewing Black Sands, The Seven Kingdoms, Episode 5. It is a Black Sands Entertainment production. It's 2021. It's 21 minutes and 7 seconds long. Producers are Black Sands, obviously. Um, the cast was a lot. Not gonna lie, I don't believe that I did all of the cast. Normally, I'll do, like... And all the cast that it puts up there, but even some of the people that they put in the cast report weren't in the episode. And as you hear me clicking my mouse frantically, you will notice, or I will tell you that you will notice, 
My computer is now messing with me on my notes. I can't even scroll down with my notes. Like I can get to anything else, but I'm looking at my notes and I can't even scroll down to look at the rest of it. Oh, this is annoying, y'all. I need a new computer because this thing sucks. Or maybe I just need to delete a bunch of stuff. Like, it, it, How much memory do I have? I still have half the memory. So it's not like it's just holding that up. <sighs> All right, let's, let's see. I'm going to close it out. Hopefully that'll work and I can restart this. Not restart the computer, rather restart the actual app. Still clicking around, still trying to figure this out. I will tell you guys this right now. If I have to turn off my computer for this to work, I'm going to have to go on day four of trying to record this because this is bull. I don't know why everything's trying to make me not put out this episode, but for some reason, I'm just not able to. I, I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe I should just start writing my notes down. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, you guys. I'm, I'm tired. All right. We're going to have to do this on day four. Because I've tried and tried and tried. But things just keep on happening. So we're going to try this again tomorrow. And see what happens. I'll be back. All right, so we are back again at it, and hopefully everything goes right this time. I know it seemed a little choppy. I'm not going to edit out the fact that I literally did this over a couple of days like a lot of people would. I'm not. This took time, and unfortunately, if everything does go right, it's still going to have to be a double feature because I'm already so close to the next episode that it makes no sense. All right, let's see. I'm on the computer and it's saying start recovery. Office is barely responding. Well, I guess I can tell you guys about my day here. I don't know why I'm doing this in the middle of the episode, but hey, I'm going to tell you about my day. So it was actually pretty nice. Um, We had 100 people for service. You guys who have been here for a while know that I am a server. Um. 100 people doesn't sound like a lot to y'all but we're a brand new place and so it's a lot um let's see let's say next i actually grew a little bit or at least my boss thinks i have grown a little bit in my ways of doing things so i was happy to hear about that let's see what else happened uh really that's about it i said not really much happened today it was just a nice day it was a really nice day and it's great because tomorrow is a half day um my big boss is actually taking us to a scary um woods type thing so i'm really excited about that we're all gonna get together some of us are having plus ones and stuff like that and we're going to you know get scared that's gonna be fun this is looking like it's probably going to be my Halloween episode, so happy Halloween, unless I've already said this already. Oh, well. All right, so this thing actually finally worked, and now I'm able to go up and down freely, so we're going to get back started. 
I think we started, we, we went with the cast, and I told you guys that I didn't get everybody that they listed because some people were there, some people weren't there, and I wasn't, I just wasn't trying to deal with it. But we'll go with what we got. Christina Cloud is a SAR, Malcolm Ray is Bess, Apademic, and Geb. Marion Toro is Amesimi and Nebet. Keith Shaw II is Seth. Aliyah Nicole is Aset. Malcolm Ray is Shuet, the captain. And the captain, he's Shuet, the captain. Um, Nixon Frederick is Dune. Al Beckles, or Beckles, or I'm sorry if I butcher your names, is Maness. Tom Shakalk is the Minoan captain. Stephen Kelly is the Minoan soldier one and Minoan cook one. David Villeman is Manoa Soldier 2. Steve Marvay is Noxus. Kiera Cosplay is Nuit. Miles Anderson is Rakish. Phil Avalos is the assistant. I don't know where that came from. Callum James is Jorbesh and Mar um, Marduk. Kenya Rochelle is Aso. Wolf Williams is Anhur Mantu and the narrator. Akanimo Efang is in the class, Starve Marbert is Loris, and Anthony Brandon Walker is Tehuti. Tehuti wasn't even in this one. Regardless, uh, the description is like last last time. For a thousand years, the world has all has been ruled by ancient gods. Humanity was on the verge of annihilation until the arrival of the first god killer, Ra. I am his grandson and heir to the throne of Kemet. He took it upon himself to forge me into a ruthless god-killer as well, because the ancient gods still rule most of this world. Every day he pushed me to the brink of death, but the time for training is finally over. Reunited with my kin, now it is time I forge my own path forward. I will be the greatest pharaoh that ever lived. I am Asar. So again, we start this episode um, with these minotaur-looking creatures digging underground. Uh, the human leading them says that they are close to their goal and must proceed with caution. Another man I'm going to assume is the Soldier One asks why, why he would ask the creatures to stop. Is that not what they are there for? He is met with a gruesome death as one of the creatures throws him off. The man leading previously stated that no one questions the hierarchy. We then find out that when a god dies, that its soul either stays or it possesses another. Thus, we learn that trying to resurrect. Um, thus, we learn that they are trying to resurrect a titan called Hyperion. It's, we then skip to present day, where our heroes are entering the Shadow Gale. Getting off the ship, Asar feels something, and Aset agrees that this is a bad omen. After a rallying speech from the captain, him and Seth have a conversation about the possibilities of ancients um, being in these mountains. The captain informs that this is no problem as most of the men know how to deal with such abominations. This makes it more intriguing that the kids are may not be the only ones who have been prepared or trained to deal with gods or the monsters that come from them. At the entrance of the cave, Nehebet states that the that they should not be doing this and that the captain is putting his men's lives on the line for no reason but his own gains. The captain explains three years ago that they actually decided to do this together. 
We then cut to a flashback of the captain on the day he was to perform a ritual to become a full magi. The captain, as a young man, is worried about his people and the future as he argues with his father on tradition and questions why they do not use the power of the god killers. His father says that they do not need this type of power as it corrupts the user, which is interesting to see how it will affect our heroes and if our heroes' abilities are not actually innate to them. You know, if they come from somewhere else. We go back... Sorry about that. We go back to the present where they are continuing into the cave. Nehebet begins to explain to Asar what a bound is. Basically, it is an immortal instrument of an ancient deity. The person, however, has a trade-off. They are incredibly strong, but they are subject to the will of the creator and have limited freedom. So, that kind of sucks. So, basically, I would assume... That raw is something like that, but I don't know. We're just making speculation here. If it's one of the deities, then that must mean that raw comes from something or raw is bound to something. I don't know. If he is considered a deity, then they're bound, then that would make Montu and um, Marduk uh, bound to raw. And so if Ra does not agree with things, they do not do it because that's where their power comes from. Asar also explains that during the fight with Montu and Bess, that he was much more powerful with um, Bess because after the fight, he was experiencing the paralysis from the healing that he had um, after he fought Bess. So during that fight, he was actually quite paralyzed with between Montu and everybody, but he was still very strong. Seth then sees something on the wall that says that the mountain is a tomb. They assume for they assume for a very powerful ancient as they continue. A few steps in, and they see a shining orb on a pedestal. From my guess, probably the power that the man from the beginning of the episode was actually looking for. Wondering, I honestly wonder why the priest didn't come and get it because at the end of that conversation that they had um, before we got to the present with our heroes, it was said that once they found this power that the priest would come and get it. I wonder why he never did. The captain tries to grab it, but it sends out a pulse sending, the, um, sending him flying and almost falling into the chasm. Thankfully, Yassar has qu quick enough um, reflexes to grab him and pull him up. Right then, an ancient beast appears. A giant rock lizard creature attacks and Asar chooses to take it head on with Nehebet telling everyone to stay back. It spits poison at them and before Aset can create a barrier, uh, wind barriers, um, one of the men is eaten by the creature because it paralyzes them actually. Finally, Aset is able to produce some wind and Asar is able to get some hits in before the before seeing a whole swarm of the creatures coming up from the chasm. He exclaims, We are going to die. Asar then retreats and forms a plan based on the skill set him and his siblings have. He begins to explain the plan, but it immediately is denied by Nehebet because her clones are not physical and cannot tangibly touch anything, and the creatures are blind, the Seth's powers are actually useless. 
Asar tells Nehebet to figure it out and charges in exposing the heart of the beast. She then tries to use one of the clones to attack, but it does not work, and Asar is hurt. The captain then screams for him to throw the monster at them so they can finish it. He does not like it, but he does what they ask, and they deliver the death blow. There are more coming, and Asar tells Seth that he has he has to close the chasm. Aset mentions a rock slide, and Nehebek comes up with the plan. She says that the layers are more like dust and dirt. Because Seth can't actually move rock, he can move sand. This was should have been easier for him. Seth tries and it does work, but he needs more time to do a lot more. At this time, Asar is being beaten and uh, Nehebet runs in to save him, regardless of the poison fog. She beats, she beats one, but another is right there ready to step on her. But the spirit that she had sent out before actually comes back and pushes her out the way. Asar, looking at this, is now pissed. Not at Aset, not, 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 not at Nehebet, but actually at the monster. And he looks like a full-fledged Ultra Instinct Saiyan. As Seth unleashes his new move, Tomb of the Underworld, rocks are falling everywhere. Asar goes up to the beast that tried to kill Nehebet and pulls a King Kong, ripping his mouth apart with ease and disgust. With the chasm closed and the last monster defeated, the captain can now go and grab the orb. Seth warns him that the power is not always worth it, but he is still wanting to go through with it. He grabs onto the orb and his soul is be is begins to be ripped out of his body. He finally finds the strength to... Um, in this flashback of his mother dying from what looks like the monsters from the beginning of the episode. His father could not do anything, but and he will not be the same. Asar smirks and a bright light beams. Everyone wonders where the captain is, but then he emerges. He exclaims that it is that it will blah blah blah. He exclaims that is it will be getting used oh god. He explains that this will take some getting used to, but as of this moment, he is Shuet, Shuet the Shadow Master. Looking like a straight boss doing it too. Alright, so that was the end of that. Honestly, I'm, I'm all good with it. Oh no, hang on. And to be honest, I'm all good with it. Um, this is actually the first episode that I'm actually reviewing face value because I've seen most of the episodes. This is the first one I actually haven't seen. So um, what would I actually give it? My final thoughts. It was a good episode, a good um, a good episode that was a lot of action packed. Um, did it, it very much push forward the story. And obviously with this new announcement that there's going to be a animated version of it, it is definitely something that I'm looking forward to. So what would I give it? I would give it a 8.5. 8.5. Why would I give it, um, not give it a 9? Probably just because it was a little short. Like it, it felt long at times, but it felt short at most of the time. And I was really looking forward to a lot more. And honestly, that was that's really it. Like there's not much else that I could say. So it would be like more like an 8.7, but I don't really give them like that. So... I'm going to really give it an 8.5.
All right, let's get on to the next episode. I will see you guys in the next one. Something else fun that happened this week was that we went to a haunted like farm type thing and it was so fun. Like you guys, when I say I'm a villain, I am truly a villain. I was scaring all of my coworkers and it was so much fun. I'll say that it was probably the high point of my week. I wish we could do more things like that because it was a lot of fun. I think that other people, because I've actually asked them, actually had a lot more fun than they thought they would. And this brought us a little closer together, even though a lot of stuff at work is not great. I think that this was a good way to kind of relieve some stress and have a little fun, you know, just a nice group outing. All right, let's get back to it. All right, and we're back. Uh, This is the next episode. I guess it's going to be another double features, seeing as for some reason we can't even get one feature out. But everything's actually working fine right now, which is, you know, a very big surprise for me. So we're just going to go with it, roll with it, see what happens. All right, so this is going to be Hell of a Boss, episode five, I believe. And it is a 2021 production by Vizipop. 18 minutes and three seconds long. Again, producers are busy pop, obviously. The cast of this episode is Brandon Rogers as Blitz, the OS Silent, Richard Stephen Horvitz as Moxie, Erica Linebeck as Million Luna, Bryce Pink- Pinkham as Stolas, Morgan Ignis as Ma, Edward Bosco as Pa, Don Darrell as River, um, my bad, Don Darrell Riviera as Wally Wackford. Georgina Leah as Stella, Norman Reedus as Stryker. Um, the whatchamacallit, the description is as follows. Follows Blitz as he attempts to run the startup killing company in a very competitive market, along with his weapon specialist Moxie, his powerhouse Millie, and his receptionist Hellhound Luna. With the help of an ancient book obtained by one of the princes of hell, they manage to make their work possible and together they attempt to survive each other while also trying to keep the business afloat man okay so before i even get into this y'all it has been it has been a time honestly i know that this is all happening for you guys in one setting but for me this is happening within like a week and within this week i had another person die yay so Things have kind of been really weird and trying to get everything going. And then on top of that, oh, yeah, my car decided to die. So dealing with that, now I'm having to get rides, which thank God for my friends, I can get a ride. But now I've got to figure out how to be an adult and actually buy a stupid car. I'm like, oh, I don't have any money for a car. I don't have any experience of doing this. And I'm asking my mom and my mom's like, do this, do this, do this, do this. I'm like cool she's like i know that was a lot on you i'm like yeah yeah it is so i've been kind of just taking naps and trying to ignore life um like i said i went to i wanted to go see my uncle's funeral but that did not happen but i did take the day off and did some remembrance of him i you know just took some time to reflect and Trying to figure out life, you know, but now again, like I said, this has happened. This is episode has been about a week in the making and there are some parts where it's like, oh, everything's great. And there's one like, oh, everything's not great. And this 
Now you guys see how an entire week actually goes for me. <sighs> so we're going to start the episode out with a lot of information within the first 60 seconds of the episode. First, we learn that Blitz actually likes the arrangements that he and Stolas have. We also learn that the Grimwire is actually showcased at different events. And we learn that where Melia is from. She is from one of the um, seven circles of hell called Wrath. We then cut to Millie and Moxie sleeping and Blitzo calls them and asks them if they wanted to go to the festival where the book will be, you know, showcased. Millie loves the idea and in Blitzo fashion, Jesus, in Blitz fashion, um, he falls from the ceiling showing just how much he likes to spy on those two. Probably because their sex is amazing. We then meet Millie's family, which is, to be honest, a stereotypical, um... Texas family complete with the yeehaw and the slutty farm outfits. Millie throws um, Moxie at her parents, and I can only speculate that this is as cringy as interactions between any in-laws would be if you're not that close to them. We can see immediately that they do not approve of Mox, and they say it right away in so often. Then Millie introduces Blitz and Luna, Blitz makes a great impression on them, calling the parents a sperm and egg factory, which I thought was funny as I'll get out. No, I'm, I mean it that he actually made a great impression with that joke, and his name actually reminds them of war, and how war makes a strong man. Blitz really is an unapologetic asshole, and I see how that bad boy don't give a fuck attitude can actually attract some people. And not just sexual, you perverts. Just people in general. We then go into the just crap on Moxie portion of the show. As he tries to explain how technological advances have won more war and how he's an expert at said weapons, the father agrees that guns get the job done, but a man ain't nothing if he can't kill with his bare hands. And Blitz comes in immediately just teasing Mox on his little hands and apparently his little dick to match. Oh, I feel bad for that. I feel bad for that imp. We are then introduced to Stryker, a stereotypical oil salesman cowboy with a macho attitude. He asks why they are here and Millie tells them that it's for the festival. Millie, I am not above hitting a female in front of her daddy. Stryker compliments Blitz on being being bold enough to start his own business blitz then gets really proud and starts stuttering which i think is the first time we see how proud blitz is of himself without the actual arrogance and that's you know that's some character development there we then learn about the pain games and how it show shows who's the toughest person in wrath we also learn that millie can't compete because she gets too carried away and last time caused nine funerals and has a neighborhood headcount, along with her sister, who is in the background working with her brother, I assume. Again, Millie is just proven to be the baddest badass of the badasses. I, I love her. It's just great. Mox says that he will also be competing in this, and as expected, he is laughed at and mocked. To prove himself, Stryker says he should kill one of the hogs for dinner. But bullets won't pierce his shell, so he has to go in with a knife and rope to pry, to pry open the entryway and kill it. Blitz gives the best inspirational speech ever in the short form. Your in-laws are watching, so don't fuck it up. Making him completely terrified. Mox goes in and utterly fails. 
he goes in and jumps on it, you know, actually gets a hold of everything. But as he's about to stab the pig, it doesn't go through. That's when Stryker slithers in and finishes the job, leaving Moxie in shame. We then skip to the games where Mox is quote unquote competing and is constantly being mauled by the shark. One time, even on dry land, where he literally did a dive elbow, dive elbow drop on him. It's even funnier listening to it, so just actually go and watch it. But what made it even funnier is that the guy who does Mox actually did Zim, so I'm looking at it like Zim is cursing. Zim is scared. This is hilarious. Oh my goodness. Uh, the competition ends with a tie between Blitz and Striker. Mox tries to cheer, um, cheer himself up by saying he's better at other things like singing. When Stryker immediately goes into a concert where he shows up Moxie again. Millie says that she thinks that he's had enough and that, they, and that they both should go and get cleaned up at the house. In shame and tears, Mox leaves the festival, but while in the house, he stumbles upon Stryker's room where he finds a gun. Not just any gun, but a gun that can kill demon royalty. Meaning that Stryker is an assassin here to kill Stolas. This causes a fight between Mox and Stryker, where Stryker quickly overpowers him, knocking him, knocking, um, blah, 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 knocking off a lamp onto Stryker's head. Moxie tries to escape and actually alerts um, Millie downstairs. Stryker then grabs him and begins to choke him to death until Millie shows up and straight shanks his ass, turning him, turning into the baddest bitch that we know that she is. But even so, she was actually no match for him as well. Stryker throws them into a cellar where Millie gets her leg caught in a bear trap. He locks the door and leaves them. Moxie gives Mox a confident boost, an actual one this time, to, and says to use what she knows that he's good at and what he knows that he's good at, and not to try to be somebody that he's not. While Moxie escapes using the gun that he had in his jacket, he reflects that he probably should have done this in the fight. Millie says she loves him. But he's dumb, and I'm paraphrasing because it was a lot funnier in the thing. Go watch it. We then go to Stolas, cursing the festival with the Harvest Moon, which is a good thing, and about to be shot by Stryker when Blitz shows up in the room. Stryker uses what looks like mesmerizing power, similar to a snake, to break to break down Blitz, telling him why settling for why would he settle for scraps when he could kill the unkillable and make a name for himself. Mox then shows up right in the nick of time to make to make it a two-on-one battle between him, Blitz, and Stryker. Blitz and Stryker have a full-on fist fight where after where after a while Blitz actually wears him down. Moxie pins him down at gunpoint and they almost finish him off before getting distracted by Luna just barging in and then letting Stryker escape. Morning comes and Millie is getting the rundown for being trapped because her parents are like, you know better. We've taught you better than to be trapped by the likes of this. Blah, 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 blah. And in doing so, Moxie actually stands up for her. While standing up for her, her father um, actually gives him a nod of acknowledgement. And for, for him, this is actually a very, you know, this is his first time actually getting acknowledgement from the family. And so this is really good. Uh, lastly, we slide we slide to Stryker at a motel on a call with his employer, Stolas's wife, where she says she doesn't care what he has to do. He she needs him dead. 
What made it funny was that they were all at the dinner table, and Stolas is probably fully aware of what's going on, but is too powerful to actually care about this. Stryker claims he will get him on the next one, and we fade to black with his eyes glowing bright yellow and his signature rattlesnake sound. So, my final thoughts, what would I give it? I'm going to give it a 7, you guys. It was very fun, but it was very fast-paced. Like, I'm telling you, while this is kind of a mid-range, kind of longer episode for them, it was a lot. I mean, a lot in a small period of time. I couldn't really follow the scene changes, so I was kind of like, okay, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this, and I kind of got whiplash here. A lot of the information, it was, like I said, it was a lot of information for a short episode, but I think it was a Millie-centric, even though it was kind of a more Moxie-centric. I think Millie really did carry this as a um, the badass that she is, and I just love it. And so that's um, what gave it a really higher score, plus the information that was there was actually very interesting, so I can't really be mad at that. But like I said, those different things kind of got me, but I can't wait to see what actually happens next because after this episode, I don't know what's going to happen next. So we're actually getting caught up to where I no longer know what's going to happen. So I'll be actually viewing this from y'all's perspective of, oh crap, this anything could happen. So I can't wait for that. Um, If you guys actually have any ideas or some exclusive stuff that you guys want to hear about, let me know in the comments down below. You know, also, a like would be very nice. But let me know if you guys have anything that you might like to see, because I'm thinking about doing some exclusives for the people that actually listen to me constantly, but I don't know. So, let me know. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm tired, and I'm just, I'm trying to trying to be funny, trying to laugh, and it's, it's not working very well. Uh but I'm happy that I actually got this out while it is late again. It will be up by Wednesday as long as I figure out how to put all of this onto Audacity and can edit it. Wish me luck. All right. See you all in the next one. Well, that about does it for this episode. This is Chris B signing off. You can find me on Instagram at Final Thoughts Media or go to my YouTube channel, Final Thoughts Media. Catch you guys on the next episode and have a great day. Perfect.